Welcome to the Big Kickoff Football Podcast with myself, Roy Shanahan, and I'm delighted to be joined by David Bugle and from TheBigKickoff.com, it's Peter Moore. Now, with the Champions League upon us again, Man City have found a form in the Premier League that has put them in pole position to take yet another title under Pep Guardiola. Dave, we'll talk about the Champions League in a little bit, but City's form is frightening at the moment, and for all the other inconsistent teams looking up, it's a hell of a challenge. Uh, just purely on Premier League, uh, Roy, it's phenomenal. Um, you know, we, you know, they kind of snuck up to the top out of nowhere, and then all of a sudden it's just win, 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 win. And the defensive side of things has obviously been a factor. Yes, fair enough. There's been a couple of games where the goal have been a bit light, but lately now they seem to be clicking on both. Like, they've only conceded 14 goals this season, 23 matches. That's seriously uh, impressive considering how offensive-minded Man City are. Obviously, Ruben Diaz has proved to be a cracking sign. And then, obviously, the rejuvenation of John Stones. But it's also this, um, the fullbacks tucking in and playing like the defensive uh, centre midfielder uh, in passages of play, which is baffling. But for some reason, it's obviously working and freeing up more bodies for more attack-minded situations. And, you know, when you're watching City attack compared to the love of my life, uh, the, 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 the light blue bodies are just moving everywhere and at such a pace and they seem to it's very in sync at the moment and it's just when when they click as as we all know and it's not this isn't just a one-off this season they've been doing it for years but when they click it really is a joy to watch and i'm not like paddy powers and a few other reputable uh, bookies are already paying out but you can kind of see why i don't think any of us can anybody can 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 ride their coattails i know ollie's talking a bit of fighting talk he's not going to concede it just yet but Deep down, I think we all know City had wanted something pretty special to to impose. Peter, although Jesus started over the weekend, Guardiola hadn't a striker fit, not one fit enough to play up front, so he found a way to win without a centre-forward. And the game, as Dave is talking about, has changed. It's it's not all possession now like the team we had a couple of years ago. There is that kind of counter-attacking side and element to them now. Yeah, definitely. And, and let's be honest, if, if you're going to name... Uh, one of the best sides in the Premier League for counter-attacking, then obviously Manchester City would be top of the pole, so to speak, deservedly so. And yeah, you know, in fairness, you're right, Roy. Uh, they, they just ooze class when it comes to counter-attacking. They've got players who can slot in at various different positions. Going back to Dave's point, um, I think the key at the moment, in particular, quite simply, is that defence of theirs. I mean, it's looked rock solid, hasn't it? Uh, you know, ha- how many times have they kept clean sheets? How many times have they perhaps only conceded one goal a game? But you know, with this City counter-attacking and with this City forward lineup, whoever comes in, and remember that they are missing a couple of real key players at the moment that it would slot into anybody's side, but it doesn't seem to make any difference at all, Roy. You know, that, that, that they're a machine that is... Uh, on full pelt at the moment and to be honest with you it's, it's only going one way uh, and uh, I totally agree what David said earlier I mean uh, you know bookmakers are not stupid most bookmakers are already paying that alright it's <laughs> I know there's going to be people who's going to say look there's still a long way to go and City could slip up but look realistically can you see this uh, uh, Guardiola side slipping up simple answer to that is no because at the end of the day like I say, even if they get injuries, and they have had injuries, true, as, as we all know, as I mentioned earlier, whoever comes in just slots into place. It, it's a, it's it's a well-oiled machine, 
And Guardiola has got everybody ticking at the moment. And you can tell they are focused on one thing. Um, yes, all right, people might turn around and say, look, they're not scoring the goals that they have done in the past. But as I say, look, at the end of the day, with the defence that they've got that is so solid, um, really, you know now that even if they get one or two goals, that is going to be more than sufficient enough to end up getting three points. Yeah, and of course, they, they've, I, I think over the last three years, again, with the bookies, mm. they've been favourites for the Champions League. So could this be their yeah. year, their best opportunity to claim the biggest prize in European football? Um, yeah, um, I suppose you, you'd have to say it now. Hopefully, uh, I don't know how long Kevin De Bruyne is out for. Does, does any of you guys know out of interest? Maybe they want them out for the um, season because they seem to be doing relatively yeah, good yeah. without them. Like he, he, and, and that's the, scra- the crazy stat about it. He's arguably the best player in the Premier League, but uh, there's no, like considering like Liverpool and Van Dijk and a few other teams, like uh, Everton yesterday and Dominic Carvalhoon, like City have lost, as I said, arguably the best player and hasn't um, hasn't um, kind of set the world alight at all in, in relation to a hole in the City side. It's, it's, it's a cracking year for it. I don't think there's going to be much of a challenge from uh, the rest of the English guys. Uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid are, are not the Barcelona and Real Madrid that we would have feared over the years. Um, PSG, obviously with Pochettino, might be a little bit more of a slightly formidable in the backline side of things. He might get things solid. But PSG are a bit similar to Man City um, in their in the European form. Um, they seem to get good, and then when, it, when the going gets tough, unfortunately, they, they fall short. Bayern Munich are obviously going to be the big one. That's going to be the the all and dead all. I think more so. Maybe the only team I'd really fear if I was City. They, it's obvious what they're going for this year. They wanted to grab that uh, title back off of Liverpool, but now they're getting a, a nice little cushion so that they can really kind of be all guns blazing when it comes to the Champions League. Yeah, um... probably the best of the rest. Probably the best of the rest behind Bayern Munich, mate. Well, I think everyone's the best of the rest behind Bayern Munich. What a final that would yeah. be if they could get that final together. Oh, phenomenal. And with, yeah. with Dave, with City shoring up the back, it just I just think yeah. it gives them that a, a bit of a chance. You've seen them against different teams over in Germany and what have you, and you know they, mm-hmm. they, they'll have scored four goals, but they let in three away from home and Correct. they get knocked out. Now they're a little bit of a tighter unit, you know. As I said, they're not all they're not guns all no. guns blazing. They do uh, sit back a little bit at times, uh, a little bit more tactically astute, I would say, from Guardiola, and not just playing and being pig-headed about you know having to attack, yeah. having to all the time attack having to all the time have possession of the ball although they still will have that they can change their tactics yeah. around so they definitely think they have a good chance this year yeah. Jose Mourinho after the three goal defeat to City was surprisingly upbeat and praised his players for never ever giving up even though they were really tired Okay, Peter one thing you notice about Mourinho is that he rests his players less and tends to play with similar teams more than the other top six. So how can he complain or make excuses about tiredness if he's reluctant to trust others to do a job in the team? Well, he can't, can he, really? But then that's Mourinho, isn't it? I mean, let's be honest, how many times has Mourinho come up with statements and everybody pins their ears back and says, what on earth is this man on? Because, uh, I mean, there is another classic one. No, I mean, you're quite right. Look, upper side uh, will rest players, understandably so, but Mourinho... It's always been like this, as you quite rightly say, Roy, and I dare say he always will be. But I think I think that was just a bit of a 
uh, I won't say tongue-in-cheek quote from Mourinho. No, I think he was quite serious about it, really. No, far from it. But at the end of the day, he's got nothing at all to complain with. Goodness gracious me. I mean, look, in that particular game, they, they really were, to be perfectly frank, outclassed. It's as simple as that. And, and you know, why on earth Mourinho doesn't come out like a lot of managers would do and say, look, on the day, we're up against the, the best side in the Premier League at the moment by a long way. Uh, we were totally outplayed. Um, it's nothing to do with tiredness because at the end of the day, you look at this Tottenham squad, um, it is a big squad, yes. All right. I know you could possibly argue about players coming in, the likes of Deli Alley and people like that. And Yes, those type of players are never going to be up to the main standard of Tottenham. No, we know that. But at the end of the day, you've still got a squad system that can be rotated. But of course, Mourinho just probably uses this as be honest with you, Roy, one of his many excuses that he tends to come out with. I mean, he's he's got a he's probably got a classic notebook and list of various excuses that will come out, and he churns these out week in week in week out instead of just being uh, honest in defeat. I'm afraid he isn't that type of a manager. Yeah, Dave, one of those players who, in all fairness, hasn't really had a fair crack at playing numerous games in a row and maybe should be used more is Gareth Bale. If Mourinho had given him a proper chance by now, maybe he could have been judged a bit more fairly than he is now. Uh, yeah, uh, don't necessarily agree with it, but yeah, possibly. Um, but he's been picking up his usual little niggles and injuries. And obviously there was a bit of a Hullabaloo about whether he was fully fit or not last week, and he put up a post on Instagram and it caused a bit of a, a bit of a stir. But probably the 40, most worrying line I read before the whole Instagram post and whether he played last week was um, he felt he needed a scan, and that's the problem with a lot of players nowadays is they're they're mini physios and you know I have a little niggle maybe I should go for a scan. I like, shut up and go out and train. You can either train or you can't. Um, uh, you're Jack Rodwell to this world who are quite happy to sit in the treatment table there's a, definitely a bit of a potential element uh, of bail with that and obviously the famous story of Haman talking about Daniel Sturridge at City you wouldn't see him uh, after the game at the weekend and he'd be on the treatment table to Thursday for the, for the handy shadow play stuff like who 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 should a player be know whether they should go on, to, to, uh, on a scan or not stuff like that pisses managers off um, get out there can you train or can you not and I'd say that's been the story of the last two or three seasons for me with Gareth Bale. I think every little niggle, uh, we better go and take a look, better go and whatever. He doesn't seem to have the same motivation he used to. He, I always get the impression of that it was all about getting to the top. And once he got to the top, it was like, yeah, I'm done now. That's the feeling I get from uh, the class player that he is. I think once he reached the heights he, he reached with Real Madrid, I think he's done. I, don't, I think the spark is not there. Janus is trying to claim it happened because of two seconds of brilliance yesterday. I think he's trying to claim that it's happened. I'm not buying it. I'll be brutally honest. And I, I, because Mourinho's there, that's probably the ultimate reason. You know, you look at Deli Ali. As soon as you heard Bale was coming, you could see almost this relationship between him and uh, Mourinho playing out. And unfortunately, that's happened. I I couldn't have seen it going any other way between these two. And there's the potential fallout between them now which always happens with the, in inverted commas, special players that, that, that he has in, in the various teams that he has. Yep. Dave, if you, uh, and I've not, I, I can't not agree with you there on that, there, mm. there has been uh, a lot of that. 
But when you look at Mourinho in the job, um, who could you say that has improved under Mourinho? Bar, bar, uh, bar Kane and Son uh, have improved, but they were already at yeah. such a high level. Yeah, the Kane and Son dynamic definitely looks like it has, has certainly improved again, which is impressive considering how good they are. But across the board, you're asking me because I, I'm guessing you're similar to me. It's hard to tell, you know. It's really, really hard to tell. Uh, REA has shown little flashes once in a blue moon, and we all know what he's like. But across the midfield, absolutely not. I haven't seen anyone to really, apart from Hoyberg, who's been brought in. I think that was clever, uh, clever transfer business. But across the back line, um, they're not as tight as we think. Um, they're, they're they're flitting between Doherty was a new boy this year, and REA on the right hand side, left hand side, babies at the moment. Centre halves, uh, there's all there's sandwiches at the minute. Tanganga was playing the other day. You know, yeah, it, it, in short, mate, no. Hoiberg's been a good addition, but it's hard to say he's improved. He's just been a good addition, Mark. Yeah, I think so. I think he's just done, he's he's doing a, he's doing a decent job in midfield, just yeah. closing things down, blocking things off. But you couldn't say that uh, their attacking was their midfielders have improved. Uh, as you said, Son and Kane are the only ones that are working well together. Lucas Morris' form has dipped. Uh, Bergwijn' yeah. form dipped. Works hard, but form has dipped. There's no magic out of them like there there really should be. Larice again, another one who's dipped. It's 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 very hard to see how Spurs, uh, well, maybe Spurs are just showing now exactly where they are, and maybe they were just overachieving yeah. a little bit. Possibly, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. And obviously, there was that connection with Pochettino and many of the players, not just your Kane and so on. They, they, there was that kind of draw to between the squad and himself, and there was that kind of all rolling together. Unfortunately, the Mourinho disconnect with some of his team potentially could be seeping in now. Um, and it's very hard to get that back um, because Spurs won't exactly give them an open checkbook so it's going to be an interesting dynamic for the rest of the remainder of this season and providing he's still there what it's going to be like at the start of next year because it's, it's terrible to say it but it could be by this time next year will Mourinho be there it could be very interesting Peter that's my very next question to you will Spurs give Mourinho money no matter what uh, in the summer, uh, will he be even kicking off the 2021-22 season together with Spurs? <laughs> oh, it's a brilliant one. Loaded question. Um, oh, yeah. Um, I think the best person is I'll give you Daniel Levy's phone number. Shall I? Me in? <laughs> no, um, <laughs> uh, no, seriously. Um, well, obviously, a lot. I mentioned Daniel Levy, so let's touch on him. I mean, yeah, I think a lot will depend on him. Obviously, um, it's so difficult to say. Uh, yeah, obviously. Look, look, Levy brought Mourinho in for one thing, to steady a sinking ship, and also, more importantly, to try and win something, i.e. silverware. But look, at the end of the day, like I said, going back to earlier, you know, Premier League-wise, I think Spurs are a long way off of top well, top two in particular, definitely. Cup competitions, possibly. I mean, you know, OK, yeah, obviously they've got a shout in the FA Cup, possibly, yes, true, but... Again, you know, big managers aren't bought in to win FA Cups, are they? They are bought in to be successful in Europe and also win Premier League titles. And that is exactly what Mourinho was bought in for. Will he be given money? Well, as I say, previous managers haven't had that luxury. Is Mourinho going to be any different? I mean, I think Mourinho might be the type of manager who would demand money with somebody like Daniel Levy. But at the end of the day, is Daniel Levy now going to sort of... uh, raid the bank, so to speak, 
for once and invest some money. Because to be honest, if Tottenham really want to be genuine, and I mean genuine Premier League uh, challengers, season after season, they've got to somehow invest heavily uh, at the moment. I mean, that doesn't look like that case. Whether or not your second point, Will Mourinho, be there next year, um, wait and see at the end of the season. (laughs) If they win something, I would say, yes, he would still be there. If they don't win anything, and it's going to be another uh, unsuccessful season for Tottenham fans, then there will be doubts about even the great Mourinho still being there, you know, but Again, that's all going to be in the hands of uh, Mr. Levy. And remember, he's he's made some, uh, shall we say, difficult uh, and for some Tottenham fans, very uh, unnecessary decisions as well. But this will probably be another decision on his list. Peter, do you think... They are in the League Cup final. Well, this is going to say, do you think that Mourinho, I was talking about, he played more or less a full team in 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 the Cup games. Do you think that he's hedging his bets if I win a trophy, I'm safe for the summer. Doesn't matter about my league position. Possibly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I, 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 well, I, I still think Roy Levy would want a top four finish from Tottenham. That's not going to happen, though, is it? He still want, No, I know, but I mean, realistically, that's what Mourinho was brought in for, wasn't he? But the, the talk around him at the time was he's coming in to win trophies. So. <laughs> Is that a good building block then, starting off? Because Mourinho has had, who has he brought in? He's brought in Heiberg and did he bring in Doherty? Uh, so that's two players. Yeah. So that's yeah. two players yeah. out of a squad of whatever. You know, obviously he needs, if, if Levy, I suppose, wants to, you know, look at himself and how he judges bringing managers in, if he's going to kick Mourinho out in the summer, it's it's not really looking good in himself and you know does he know what he's actually doing if he does let him go because he's brought him in got rid of Pochettino at the first uh, time that he started to struggle after many good seasons with Spurs and uh, is that what he's going to do here again is he going to use the Chelsea format do you think or or, or, or has, do you think it's just if he loses faith with Mourinho that's it um, yeah possibly I mean <laughs> All right, I know you said he was brought in to win trophies. Yeah, I, I, I go along with that, Roy. And, you know, would would Tottenham fans be happy with a, a, a Football League trophy or possibly an FA Cup, etc. or what? I mean, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, I suppose they, a part of them would want it, but surely the main aim would be to compete in Europe uh, and try and get as high as possible in, in the Premier League. I mean, you know, to me, uh, bringing in a high-profile manager surely warrants that type of success, doesn't it, more than anything? Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, I think at this stage, the top four is gone. If they win a cup, yeah. they go into Europe, so uh, maybe they... And they're still in the Europa League. And they're still yeah, in the Europa true, yeah. League, yeah, yeah. so... Yeah, mm. they, they, I mean, he could end up winning three trophies and, and, and being outside the top six in the league. Would that be a success? Maybe, maybe. Okay, Liverpool... Oh, for Spurs, yeah. <laughs> for Spurs, yeah. Liverpool lost again at the weekend, this time to top four rivals, Leicester City. Peter, we'll start with you. What's going wrong with Jurgen Klopp's men? <laughs> um, lack of confidence, I think. Um, you know, you, you, you sort of look at this Liverpool side at the moment. I mean, Dave might, might agree with me or might disagree with me. But I just think everybody is just lacking confidence at the moment. You know, they they just don't look the side that they were 
and I and I feel another big point in particular. Whereas last season, sides I generally feel most sides were beaten before they kicked off against Liverpool. They feared yeah. them, but but this season they don't. No side has come, who's come up against Liverpool, you can honestly say, have looked scared of them. They haven't, you know, they, they, even before a game, they haven't talked about the fact that we are playing <laughs> the best side around at the moment. But they're clearly not. And I think that is a, a really, really big point, actually. You know, you just look around at sides and they know straight away that they're up against a side that's underperforming and has underperformed for a very long while. I mean, all right, yeah, we, we can all argue about Liverpool's injury situation. and the, But look, the players that have come in are clearly not in the same position as, as the ones that they are replacing at the moment. I mean, it's, it's it, you know, that you can see. And of course, it's like anything. If a side keep constantly losing week in, week out, confidence from players, the, the, it, it drains the confidence out of players. And the last few games that I've seen Liverpool play, I just look around at these players and I think to myself, look, this isn't a, a side that's capable of retaining the Premier League. I mean, that's fairly obvious. And at the end of the day, you look at the players, and as I say, they just haven't got any belief at the moment. They've got no confidence. No. In fact, some of them, I hate to say this, and Dave might again disagree with me or not, I think some of them just think to themselves, we want the season to finish. Now, to me, I don't know if you agree with that, Dave, but you know, they're just looking like that at the moment. They really are. Yeah, I, I know. I I, I, I I understand why you'd say it. I think with the likes of the Champions League still around, I would say, I would kind of probably counteract that. But in, in relation to league form, I do completely. Like, here's a sad fact. Liverpool are currently sixth since we've put on the air. Obviously, West Ham won. And the team who's below them is Everton, who were playing on Saturday, are three points behind us and have two games in hand. Mm. So come the weekend, we could be sitting seventh. Or worse, if, if other results go against us in relation to Villa and a few others, so that's where Liverpool are at the moment. And as you said, some of the things, I do agree, but I think some of it is, they're, it's just an awful habit that they're in at the moment. And I think they left their game, that left their game alone really was the epitome of Liverpool's entire season. 70 minutes of, not necessarily dominating, but definitely the better side and deserved to go 1-0 up and fairly much looking like it was going to go one way, a bit similar to the start of the season to Christmas where they somehow got to the table. Very similar, the 70 minutes to that. And then literally those 10 minutes are the epitome of what's happened since the new year. Um, it, it really is uh, incredible similarities. And it's just, it's one of them where you can see there's a bit of a strain in Klopp. Uh, the media sense it and they're turning the screw. And, you know, you can see it in him. He's, he's, always, he's always been spiky. And he's cracked once or twice, and you can see it in him. Every, even now, even this week, he'd love to probably do it again. But, you know, the love-in is not quite there. Obviously, the biggest problem is fairly, fairly self-explanatory. The spine isn't there at the moment, because the back line and the midfield, because our, our main spine in the midfield, midfield is sitting in the back line. So um, that's the biggest problem, and it's finally come home to roost. Um, and teams smelt blood, and I, I will jump on what Peter said there exactly. There is no fear factor. We are we had the fear factor of a league champion side before we even won the league last year. This year it's long gone, and it, it's very much there's a carcass there, and let's pick off whatever scraps we can find when they're playing. Yeah, and when you look at Dave, you talked about this the first seventy minutes or so, and you reckon that Liverpool yeah. Liverpool. 
although they were winning it on goals, I mean, but winning it on points as in they were edging it, they, they seemed to be edging yeah. it. They also gave away three great opportunities, which they probably wouldn't have yeah. done the season before. Uh, there would have been a lot tighter back there. So the back line definitely is is a different, uh, different problem now that they have. But there's no doubt that the back line's weak, but the midfield should still be strong, even though those players are, are missing. I mean, even though Thiago didn't start at the weekend, does the recent form show that maybe he doesn't fit into Klopp's style or is it just he needs time to settle? Um, very much. I didn't realise he's actually Brazilian. He's from, uh, his dad, Mazzinho, was in the 94 World Cup in school, so if I'm not mistaken. Um, obviously, he, he declared for Spain a bit like Diego Costa. South Americans, it takes time, especially with Liverpool. Look at Fabinho, the first six months, it was very much, he, he needs to, to learn, he needs to get up to speed, and he was very intermittent. Thiago, I'm not saying that should be the same thing. The guy has showed his class at both Barcelona and Bayern Munich, but it's the pace in the in Premier League. He needs to get up to speed quick. I think with his age, I don't think he will, to be honest. Um, I don't think we've seen why he's been brought in because he's certainly not a defensive midfielder because he's not as um, he's not he's not as uh, forceful, but he's definitely from the Paul Scholes school of tackling, which is crap, and concedes far too many free kicks. And obviously the famous one on, on for the first goal on Saturday. But, uh, you know, the copy and paste uh, opinion of him being um, slowing it all the play down, there is an element of truth of that. But there's also an element of a lot of the team overpasses to him when they shouldn't. There's certain passes where the, the usual passing's on, but they give it to him because there's a lot of respect there within the team. I mean, if you look at some of the interviews and you look at some of their own social media uh, outlets, they all big up what a talent he is and there's definitely respect from the players but there is a, an over he, he's overpassed to at times so some of the elements of him slowing it down is not necessarily his fault So do you but, feel Dave sorry do you feel that where last season they would have got the ball as quickly as possible to Mane, Salah and Firmino now they're going that shorter one into Thiago so instead of going from A, to, yeah. a to C they're just going yeah. A, B, C yeah, definitely there's an element of it. And I'm not saying it's the, it, that's, that, that's just an element of why the play has been slowed down. But as I said, the, 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 new, the new opinion is that it's all Thiago's fault. But in some instances, there's definitely an overpassing to the man um, because there is definitely a bit of a respect towards him and, and, and his skill. And we, also, like we know he's a technically good player. But you look at him, he doesn't have the legs to go box to box at the minute. I don't know if he ever will. He's 29, uh, 30, so to speak. You can see him once or twice he likes that extra half a second but you just don't get in the Premier League so he's got to learn quick otherwise he's going to be suspended soon enough he keeps picking up yellow cards so when he gets suspended he might get back in if he, especially if Kabak hopefully <laughs> his confidence is shot after Alisson uh, came out when he did if he can if he can show some kind of consistency he can get Henderson back in there to do the true holding and covering that he can because the two fullbacks are so wide open um, which they always were, but Van Dijk and Gomez and Henderson and even Fabinho were very good at co- covering over them cracks. No one's covering them now. And more so, Alexander Arnold is wide open when it comes to people. Yeah. Uh, uh, Alison again, Peter, with another blunder. Uh, we've never seen this side from him before, but that's two games in quick succession. And they were howlers, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, howlers indeed, actually. Yeah, yeah. Sort of uh, never to be forgotten ones, wasn't it, really, more than anything. You're right. I mean, who would, you know, 
who would have said about a month or so ago we'd be discussing the bat, this this excellent goalkeeper and he has done brilliantly for Liverpool. It has to be fair to him. Would end up making mistake after mistake. But again, it's it goes back to what I said earlier, Roy. It's it's confidence at the moment, you know. Mm. Whereas in the past he's, he's had uh, a back four in front of him that have looked really confident. Uh, and no problems at all whatsoever. When he has been called on, even if he's had a quiet game, he's produced and delivered. But you know, this season that isn't happening. Um, and of course, when you've got players in front of you who lack confidence, sometimes that can filter down uh, to a goalkeeper. And I think that's exactly what has happened in, in the last couple of games. I mean, you know, to be fair, we shouldn't judge him on two, shall we say, bad uh, performances because that that would outweigh the amount of excellent performances that he's, he's had in goal for Liverpool and, and surely he will get back to his best, I think. But as I keep saying, I think it's, it's you know, it's all about one thing, it's confidence at the moment. And, you know, if, you, if, you, if you've got a confident defence in front of you, then the goalkeeper will thrive on that. If you haven't, he could be prone to make uh, errors and of course that's exactly what's happening at the moment with him yeah well the season's not over there's plenty more errors still available yeah, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> plenty more out there I'll say that <laughs> <laughs> um, Dave Liverpool are in the Champions League against Leipzig it's not going to be that easy just to click back into form is it? oh um, you know in two weeks time in, in terms of honours, uh, Liverpool season could be over. Um, RB Leipzig are in fine form. They're the only team who look like they could probably put up a, a challenge to Bayern Munich. They're five points off the off off, off Bayern at the moment. Um, won their last three. Miserly defence, only conceded 18 and 21. And they've tightened up things a little bit. They were a bit, um, a bit wide open. And the games in the group stages last year were fun to watch for the neutrals. Uh, a bit of heart and mouth for, for, for both us and Leipzig at, at, at times last year. But a little bit similar to say Liverpool for a couple of years ago. But this year definitely they seem to have tightened up a little bit in the back line. Obviously Pamacano is a serious contender who looks like it's a done deal to go to Bayern. I know Liverpool and United and a few others were interested in, but it looks like they've kind of done their usual, got their deals done six months early. Um but yeah the defensive side of things is what they've tightened up and that's why I this game's become a lot more fearful for me because Liverpool are lacking goals, lacking confidence exactly as Peter said. So this is becoming a very, very tricky guy. Because if they if they're not up for this, what's the point? You know, they they, they should smell blood big time. And Nagelsmann would love to do one over on them. On, on Mr. Club. It'll be a very interesting game because Liverpool are still dangerous, but um, yeah, people will pounce on on the weakness, which is the the, the centre backs. So yeah, be very interesting. And I heard the manager talk today about it, and he said the basically the exact same thing that. He knows the threat. He knows how good they are going forward. Um, but there is, there is, there is opportunities. The best time. Yeah, there is, but opportunity. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. Manchester United again failed to beat a bottom two side in West Brom following their defeat against Sheffield United only a matter of weeks ago. Uh, supposedly the best next team at the moment to Manchester City. Peter, what do you make of Manchester United? Very in and out, aren't they, really? Um, when they're good, they're good. <laughs> when they're bad, they're bad. It's as simple as that, really. Um, I mean, they, recently they have deserved excellent praise, understandably so. And, and you're right, Roy. If anything, people have been talking about them. If anyone can match uh, Manchester City, it is going to be their rivals. And I know Oli Donosovska has uh, sort of and he's gone on record as saying, well, look, we, you know, we're not going to give up the Premier League yet. No, far from it. 
which I suppose is probably something that a few managers would say anyhow, including Ollie. But no, I mean, you know, it's, I think their problem is inconsistency. I mean, as I said, certain times they've looked really good against sides and they've had to grind out victories. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's all about winning. And that's what they have done recently. But they have got this uh, horrible knack, as you say, Roy, of uh, coming up against sides who, to be fair, they should be expected to beat. Uh, if not easily, at least beat and get three points. And they haven't done that. And again, that is all about consistency more than anything else. And uh, it just goes back to the point that um, on their day, as I say, yes, they have. They do look a good side. They do look a side that potentially, uh, I won't say would get close to Manchester City, but certainly possibly could finish as high as second. But they've got to be a little bit more consistent. And like I say, they've got to, when they come up against these sides that are really struggling or even mid-table sides they've got to do a job on them and get the job done it's as simple as that and, and recently they haven't and uh, that's why you know going back to what we said earlier you, you can really only see one side going on to win this Premier League and, and, that, and that, that obviously is going to be the blue half of uh, Manchester as opposed to the red half of Manchester Yeah well I've said it before I'll say it again about Manchester United they, uh, Solskjaer seems to try to fit people in and uh, again Martial out on the left hand side and Rashford out on the right Rashford is the best one of the best in the league on the left hand side cutting in scoring goals and he's getting misplaced around the pitch just to sort of fit someone else in so that can't help uh, but looking at the movement of the team and Dave talking about the comparison between Manchester City and Liverpool Manchester United are very predictable about their movements um, they, they're good on the counter attack uh, lately teams have not given them the opportunity to, to, to go on the counter attack so Dave I, I'd still see United struggling or fighting maybe is the right words for the top four, I don't think it's a shoe-in. The way this league, take Man City out of it, the way this league is, absolutely not. It's wide open. Um, but they'd be arguably the favourite to be one of the other three, without a shadow of a doubt. But ironically, in the last five games, they've the same points total as Liverpool, considering how bad we're talking about Liverpool. So that's a weird, funny stat in itself when I was at the league table earlier on. Um, Defence is still uh, weak. Um, we can pretend all we want. Harry Maguire doesn't cut it for me, too slow. Um, Bianya, I don't think we're going to talk about him this time next year, in my opinion, but he gave him an awful time yesterday. Um, and a, a bit of a slicker striker, a bit of a slicker finisher, they'd have lost, as simple as that. Especially the one where um, De Gea kind of panned it away the second time of asking. Um, and as you said, the constant moving around of, of, of the top four. Cavani has to play as much as possible end the story up front because he's our one true striker. Martial, I think they need to make up their mind fast and just say thanks. Um, on you go, warm up the bench, do whatever to fill up the water bottle. It's it's time to start bringing in Greenwood at more consistent basis. He's starting to look a little bit sharper again, um, and keep Fernandez happy because there's elements of him slapping his legs, getting annoyed, getting thick. He's still he is by far and away De Bruyne side, the best player in the league, and he. I'm speaking from experience from being a Liverpool fan who was always on the periphery and never top. These players don't stay around for long. And the big boys will come and snap him away if United don't start hitting uh, uh, finals and trophies and looking like they're really going to challenge the very best. 
if you know you aren't going to get there, or you splash, splash, splash in the cash to really improve the spot, enjoy him while he can because he will be gone. It's as simple as that. Uh, yeah, that's the others definitely have to start uh, stepping up to the plate for Manchester United. Fernandez can't keep dragging them along, and again, of course, Rashford was helping along, and he's getting drifted out to the right hand side. So he's only got that one big player who's really dragging them along. So uh, yeah, there's a couple of big decisions that Solskjaer has to make, and when summer comes rocking around. Definitely, there's going to be some big decisions. It, 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 this could be the make or break for his uh, for his Manchester United career. Yeah, enjoy him with the lads. If you don't get successful, lads, <laughs> the vultures are coming, and you're back back to mid table. <laughs> this is this is how low Sorry, Liverpool, how low sure Liverpool fans are sinking now. They're they're desperate for other teams <laughs> to fall apart. <laughs> no, like I'm speaking from experience. When you see your Coutinho's and Alonso's, Torres's and Suarez. Like, unless you start winning, he'll go. And, oh, and, really. and I don't mean it to wind them up. It will. It will happen. Yeah, yeah. No, True. Well. Yeah, no, I do think so. I do think so. I think you have to mm. be... You have to have... The, the the old Manchester United mentality. I do think Solskjaer, yeah. I do think Solskjaer is trying to bring that in. I do think he's he's trying to push yeah. that. Yeah. But he's got to be you to be a winner, you can't be friends with everyone. Uh you know, uh if you're yeah. if you're fighting with everyone, you're just an arsehole. You've got to have that mid, middle ground where you, you're, yeah. you're 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 tough on people but you're also you know fair yeah. and uh, I think that's coming through on Solskjaer but I still think that he mm. needs to he he, t- he talked about Martial the other day uh, Martial uh, you know form is temporary class is permanent yeah he <laughs> mustn't have been talking about Martial because the class is not there the class is not there and that's not being you know I, I've always said it I've said it for two years he mm. is a good player when he wants to be he is a good winger when he wants to be but he has it's, it's a bit like Pogba mm. he's just when he wants to you know and you just can't play a top club yeah. when you want to fact no 100% agree Okay, VAR is destroying the game, uh, according to Ralph Hassenhutl. Peter, is VAR destroying the game? Yes. Uh, simple as that. <laughs> you asked me, so I've told you. Yeah, I think it is. Look, you know, and, and I applaud uh, Ralph uh, Hassenhutl for coming out and being frank and honest. I mean, he, I think he's voicing an opinion what most managers and also players are feeling the same as well. I mean, I know you can turn around and say it's not it's not VAR, it's the rules and the deceit, et cetera. But look, at the end of the day, VAR, it is VAR, and it is people at uh, Stockley Park, really, who are, in my opinion, and obviously Mr. Hessenthal's opinion and a few others, that are really dictating matches at the moment. And, I mean, how many times, week in, week out, on this podcast or on programmes is... Uh, it's not about the football so much now. It's about VAR constantly coming into play every single time. You know, we've got to go on to VAR for this. And there's people sitting in this van and or this place in Stockley Park who are having to come up with a decision. And in most cases, it is totally wrong. And uh, I know we can keep harping on about the offside decisions now with players' fingernails getting in the way and, and it's marginal, etc. But, it, you know, it's still all it's it's still all about those three letters V A R, and I I totally and utterly go along with not just uh, the Southampton manager, but like I say, you know, I think he's speaking on behalf of virtually most people, including a huge amount of players. I mean, how many players have come out recently, yeah. and quite rightly so, 
and and uh, you know they're being honest, they're being frank as well, uh, and saying about the VAR, it is it, you know it is totally destroying it in my opinion. I mean, all right, we've got to accept that it's going to be here to stay, but at the end of the day. I'm afraid I'm in the majority, it has to be said. I generally feel of the fact that it is purely and simply destroying the wonderful game that everybody loves to watch. Yeah, I, I was the Manchester United game, there was a few of them over the weekend, but the one in the Manchester United game baffled me. The Harry Maguire penalty that was given and then was taken away. So they, they were given a penalty... They had a look at it, VAR had a look at it, then suggested that the referee should look at it. In other words, you might have this wrong. So the referee goes over with that thought in his mind, looks at it, then goes, maybe it is a bit easy, he's going down. They didn't give it, so that's 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 fair they enough. They get a jail card, mate. The, yeah, that's basically it. Uh, now, it, it, it could have, it, could, it might not have been a penalty. I thought maybe it might have been... Uh, offside so everyone else is talking oh, yeah, about everyone else everyone else is talking about offside and you're going right so the commentators are talking about offside I'm looking at it uh, like it's mm. offside after the game Mark Clattenburg was talking about it and he said it wasn't offside because Harry Maguire it depend if, if it, they thought it was a penalty it should have been a penalty because Harry Maguire hadn't touched the ball yet so it's actually getting muddier all the time. I don't think people know. No, I don't think people know now what the offside rule is, and I don't think people know what a penalty is. Ali McCoyst was on. What game was he doing? He was doing a Southampton game. I think he was doing, and there was a penalty in the first half. Uh the ball was hit at one of the players' hands. I think it was the Astonville or Southampton player's hand. It hit off his hand. Yeah, yeah. Nathan Redmond. What? It didn't look like it was going Bertrand. to be. Yeah, it didn't look like it should have been a penalty, but he gave it as a penalty, right? So it was one mm. of those where you go, well, what can he do? It's a penalty, right? Okay, in the rules now, it's a penalty, so it gives the penalty. Then the, it goes down the other way. The exact same thing happens, and they don't give yeah. a penalty. And you're going well. Where, where, where's the rule? What's what's what are you yeah. coming up with there? So, it. I actually Wayne Rooney was on the telly today. I 100 percent agree. I've been saying this for a long time now, and I I, I haven't changed. Nothing's changed my mind about it. We're better off without VAR. At least you know that mm. the mistakes are mm. sincere. Now you don't know if there's an agenda behind because you can blatantly mm. see things that they're seeing, and you're going well. We're, we can see this it's slowed down you, you you can't miss it we used to give them yeah. excuses oh the angle he mightn't be able to see that properly and you know that's not there yeah. anymore Dave I think Roy as well you know like I was saying earlier you, you, you are spot on you're right and I think Wayne Rooney's spot on also as well because even players don't know now do they I mean nobody knows do they you know it's like the handball situation um, it you know, nobody knows, do they, at the end of the day? Offside's the same there, isn't it? I mean, it's got mm. to a situation. In a lot of cases, it's probably like a lucky dip, isn't it? <laughs> you know, you buy a <laughs> raffle ticket. If you win, congratulations. If you don't, hold luck. Try again. Yeah, that's it. And and there's, like, there's, there's awful ones where if you run back from offside but the player gets the touch, then you can go and nick it off them and, 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 and go right. in and goal. Yeah. You know, it... <laughs> Offside was offside. It was like they're making everything more complicated. They're taking the joy out of scoring goals. Because if you look, if you look at uh, 
what game was it? Leicester. Leicester thought they got a penalty against Liverpool. Yeah. They're all elated and everything. It was great. Then they didn't get it, so you're back down to earth. Then they hit the free kick in. Yeah. They've scored. <laughs> they think it's great. Then they go, the linesman flag offside. goes up and it's offside. Then they're deflated. And then they're giving it again. And there is no, you know, they're taking the, the yeah. instinctive joy away from supporters and, and it's just been dragged out and and players as well. They can't go celebrating anymore. Now, you, yeah. you, you used to look at the, the, the linesman and see his flag was down and then go celebrate. Yeah. Now you have to wait every single goal. You have to wait. You don't know, not one goal now. Do pe- people are waiting now yeah. to see was there something on the halfway line? Was there something just outside the box? Did it ricochet off his yeah. chest or his knee or his hand? You know, so I think it's destroying the game. I, I think I would rather football without VAR now. Yeah, I, I, I was an advocate, as you, as, you, as you very well know, Roy, and the ultimate reason why I'm, I'm slowly going the other way, not slowly, but probably quickly going, the progression of improvement has is, is, is snail, not even snail pace since the start of last season. if As you said, if anything, it's got worse in the sense that it's got more complicated. Um, and, and as you said about the offside rule, as you said about the handball rule, it, it, like you scratch your head. Like I, I, Now, this is probably down to my ignorance, but the, 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 the Leicester goal, I, I thought it was a blatant offside because it looked quite clear his arm was past the line because I have memories. Was it Patrick Bamford was literally pointing where he wants the ball? That's correct, yeah. And then he... Now, I didn't realise it's from the sleeve of the jersey. Has that changed or was it always that way? No, I think it was... I think it was always that way that it was the sleeve of a jersey. But... Okay, that's fine. It it very well could have been, you know, with Bamford's one, that it was the sleeve of the jersey that was... Uh, but I personally for me offside should be if there's clear daylight between a defender yeah, and yeah. an attacker yeah. so if the def- if the attacker is behind them and clear daylight fair enough yeah. otherwise it's not offside but, yeah. so then you have to defend better that's it yeah and it's just and to be honest VAR is probably not a good thing even for referees because it's it's merely highlighting how bad they are at the moment like they there's some really like the Sue check elbow or in inverted commas, I'll just say the elbow, it was fairly obvious that was an accident. That, mm. you know, and the amount of looks he had, and if he's done a straw poll where we're all online immediately at the same time, it'd be in the 90s how many people would have said it was an accident. But that ref went over, I had a look, I'm like, yeah, I'm still right, yeah, but I'm good luck, next, gone. And then they have to go back with the tail between the legs midweek and, and rescind. It's, it's, yeah, There's no improvement. In, it's, it's, the improvement's not quick enough, so I really don't hold much hope for it. I actually think it's shown the referees up for what they are I think they're yeah. shown referees yeah. you know they're even poorer than we thought because maybe if they've seen more things on the pitch to be more sort of bad decisions out there they, they don't seem to have a, yeah. a, a grasp of the flow of w- what way football should be yeah no, it's, no leave it at that mate 100% okay uh, it, it just, it's just a big mirror on their officiating uh we will leave it there so okay listen we'll be back next week with uh, we're looking back on the Champions League of course the Premier League games beyond they're all coming thick and fast now Uh, we're getting very close to international games now soon as well and uh, this year Euro 2021 or Euro 2020 is Euro 2021 uh, or or, or is it? I don't know what's happening yet. So we, it's we, still we, Euro 2020, <laughs> but it's 21. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, listen, Dave, beer. Thank you very much. Thanks, lads.
You're welcome.